And we're live on Game Changers with me, Vicki Abelson, and my guest today is Constantine Maroulis, and he is Ulis, so hotis. Constantine, <laughs> hotter than ever. Is Constantine kicking, Oh, kicking ass you are. Um, well, I can't even believe you. you. You're doing so much in the pandemic. How are you doing this? Well, you know, that's just my, um, my nature, you know, my, uh, blue collar Greek boy, uh, born in Brooklyn, <laughs> raised in New Jersey nature. It just, I can't sit still for too long, but, uh, you look amazing. It's great to see you, Vicky. And thank you for having me. I hope you and your family are well. And, uh, Hanging in there during these uh, crazy times, for sure. You know, right now, my mother and my brother have it. Oh, Escaped wow. it this whole time. And yeah, and thank God my mother got Omicron, so it's not that terrible. She like got through it in five days. My brother, nine days in bed, still feeling like crap. Do, have you yeah. escaped it this whole time? I, uh, I've not. I, I actually, oh. um, I was lucky enough to be vaccinated quite early last year, um, February and into early March is, and is I felt really great. And I got back to uh, working pretty consistently thereafter. And then after doing a bunch of shows this summer, uh -huh. I um, was a little, little worn out. And I remember doing a show up in New England and then on the, on the ride home, I just started feeling, I was driving myself, thank no. goodness. Yeah. Feeling like crap, heavy oh. fever and chills. And I was, I was down for a good week with a high fever Oof. and intense fatigue and, Aww. and certainly obviously tested positive. Um, and, uh, but after a few days, I, you know, of that, I, I felt pretty good by week two. Um, I was good. And I did, I did a, a good solid, uh, two week quarantine where I, I stayed away from everyone. And then, then that's it. I got back to work. I've gotten boosted and I'm, I'm working and, uh, hoping for the best. Oh my God. So you've had it twice. It have, did you have it? No, just the once. Oh, just the, ones, the once. Just the once. Okay. Mm -hmm. And did you have long, any long hauler stuff? That's what freaks me out. No. Um, I will say this after both um, vaccination shots, I, you know, I was like kind of sickish for like a day or two on, um, on the other side of both of them and the booster as well. I, uh, I was, I was sick for the afternoon, just like I wanted to be in my robe and just lay in bed and just kind of watch Netflix. Um, but, but I want to do that every day, Constantine, I can't blame it on the booster. <laughs> that's the true. <laughs> but, um, but beyond that, no, I was pretty lucky. My sister has had, um, some lingering effects for a while and she, she's an amazing, uh, like chef level, um, cook. And uh, although she's a school principal, um, she loves to cook and she's really talented. She can't taste or smell oh. months, months, months. It's been months, many months, nothing no. everything just tastes like crap to her. So that's, that's weird. But Hey, I'll take all of that. You know, I, I lost not to get too deep into this, but I've lost some friends along the way. Oh. I, I lost a very dear friend. Um, did you know, Nick? Yeah, Nick was one of my best friends. You know, we uh, were born on the uh, on the same on the same day with the same birthday, and uh, you know, just one of my best friends. So that was that was really wow. heavy duty, and um, for sure, that was I'm tough. I'm so sorry for your loss. Oh God. Well, thank well, you. 
Um, I, I seem to recall reading your posts around the time that was, it, it seems like forever ago because he got it so early yeah, and yeah. he was one of the first, he was like the first big star to be taken by it. And yeah, you know, it was being, quite a story and uh, his wife being so transparent oh, about it, Amanda, she's been wonderful. So, and you know, the fact that he was so fit, so healthy mm. um, and how is it going to do that to him? And yeah. That was very humbling. How has your daughter escaped it? She has so far, and uh, but she's been vaccinated, and you know, thankfully, we live. Um, I live out in the burbs now. I live mm -hmm. up in uh, in North Jersey, um, actually, where I grew up. It's a beautiful community, really nice town. We have excellent school system. They've been wonderful, and uh, really, and we're. I'm so grateful to all the teachers and administrators, and. Uh, for keeping her and uh, her classmates so safe and and really keeping it as normal um, as they can, you know, we certainly went into uh, distance learning that, you know, that that late that um, spring, early spring of twenty, and uh, for the rest of that year. Um, but then we came back last year um, in person. Um, come the first day of school, uh, we had a you know, a blip or two. Mm -hmm. um, there's been a case or two here or there, but they've been great. Of, Are they in, is she back it. in school now? Oh, yeah, yeah. She's They're been in, in school, you know, now a year of straight year and a half, you know. Well, so. some kids didn't go back because of Omicron. Mm -hmm. They've kept some kids out. But OK, so how did you handle the home school, the whole homeschooling thing? What did you do? <laughs> well, you know, thankfully, uh, mm -hmm. she's a great student and she's. Mm -hmm. Uh, conscientious and would get up every morning, get ready for school, log in, know what she had to do. She would be dressed. She was enthusiastic about it. Uh, we have great teachers. They kept it normal. Um, they would stay on top of the kids, you know, no slacking in the, uh, you know, Brady Bunch uh, squares. <laughs> and um, did you have to get in there? And it sounds like it was pretty organized. Did you not have to get in there and help? No, I did not. We really were on nice. top. Of I, certainly at first, I think some of the teachers were like, man, what, what am I doing here? You know, some of them might be a little older or something and maybe not be savvy with putting oh. up um, those um, slides and such and to put, you know, uh, their, their, their curriculum up digitally is, is tough. Right. And watch a video. No, and uh, but we've been <laughs> we've been pretty lucky, and they adjusted really on the fly. And my sister is a principal nearby, and wow. uh, you know I really got to see from her sp perspective, like how how detailed and how 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 hard they worked um, all year round for these kids, and what she what she did for them was incredible. So I and I know we have a very similar school system, and you know, just grateful, grateful for her because they kept it as normal. And even sports, she's, she plays travel soccer, which is year round. And uh, we had to shut down the indoor facility, but we played outside, even in the cold months, we were training outside when we could. And she's in, she plays, um, you know, private tennis. So there's a big dome, you know, and, and they have social distancing and protocols, but thankfully she got to really keep that all rolling and her dance and stuff. So um, yeah, it's, it's been an, an interesting thing. I think they've, I think it's only made them stronger and better though. I love that. Uh, I love the thought of you as soccer dad. I, I just, I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine 
the faces of the moms when everybody shows up and you walk on to the <laughs> and it's your uh, day for snack, right? You got to do snack yeah. like everybody else. <laughs> Orange slices, kids, here we go. Um, it's a great community. I look forward to seeing all the parents always. Um, oddly enough, Joe Judge, who just got dismissed mm -hmm. by the New York Giants, and I'm a big fan. Um, you know, I've done a lot with the uh, with the teams, all the local teams over the years. And, um, you know, I was actually probably one of the only people to really be sad to see him go. I, I can't imagine how difficult it's been to try to coach a team in this climate. And and then the New York media and the fans and the Twitterverse just crushing his soul like daily. And the Giants really just underperforming and being, you know, injury um, prone and, and having a young team and whatnot. But his daughter is on our soccer team. Uh -huh. <clears throat> and she goes to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, the Catholic school. And so she, a couple of the girls are in school with her. Now, Malena's on like the red team and Coach Judge's uh, daughter was on the white team, which is kind of like an A and B team, but it's it's all travel. It's very competitive, especially around here. People take that shit real serious. So, um, <laughs> and uh so it was sad. I would see him in passing. He's a real big guy. So I was kind of sad to see. Um, I felt I, I was pulling for him, pulling for him. But uh, so yeah. this thing with sports and, and music, yeah. uh, most of the musicians I know, rocks, rockers, not big with the sports. Some it, when you were a kid, did you did the dream always start out to be a singer and actor? Was there did you ever did you play sports? Was because you're tall, you're. Yeah. Was that, was that I, ever your thing? I definitely played all sports um, my whole life growing up. I just, I, I, you know, I don't know, growing up in like a big Brooklyn Greek family, like, you know, we would go to our cousins for the Super Bowls when I was young. I had all those early memories of that. And, you know, you had to pick a side. You had to be a Yankees fan or a Giants <laughs> and a Giants fan, or you were a Jets fan and a Mets fan. And it was just, it was just, that's just the way it was, <laughs> that's you right. know? Yeah. And, you know, my cousins uh, were so, um, all of them much older than me, mm. um, but I just idolized all of them. And my cousin Gus, um, was a little older than my older brother. Um, <clears throat> we, we actually, we lost him in, in the World Trade Center. Oh, he, uh, I'm so sorry. He, he, he was the one like, you got to like the Yankees, that's it. And the <laughs> Giants, you don't got a choice. <laughs> that's it and I was like all right that's you know so um that was a huge part of like just growing up and mm -hmm. family and watching West Side Story together and the Wizard of Oz and my brother is 11 years older my sister is like nine years older and they were into you know my brother is a professional musician and artist you know Ethan Maroulis he's put out you know dozens and dozens of, of, of albums, very different than me. Um, How so? Um, well, he's had a myriad of different jobs in entertainment. He's worked on the label side. He's a writer. Oh, wow. He's been a producer. Um, he is more of like a classic gothic um, <laughs> underground electronic um, performer. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ethan Maroulis, he's been in tons of bands from Fahrenheit 451 to Spawn Ranch to Tubal Cane. He's got this new thing called Noir. And uh, it's very cool. You know, I, so I always loved 
he introduced me to that underground, you know, and I, so I always loved that. But of course, growing up in the MTV era, I just wanted to like hit all the high notes. And, you know, he was more like subtle and uh, more like a, into David Bowie and things like that. And, you know, I wanted. You were hair rock, more. weren't you? I, well, I mean, that <laughs> certainly was my era, you know, and, mm -hmm. but I loved it all. I loved The Cure and classic rock and jazz. Um, but I always loved show tunes, you know, and I, that West Side Story and that, you know, you see the original movie. I, I'm looking there. at it. I just interviewed George Chakiris uh, a oh. couple of weeks ago. He, and he still is amazing. Yeah, he's yeah. like 87 years old. He looks 60. I mean, he's crazy. Yeah, he's did incredible. You see, did you see the new I, one? Of course. Of course. Okay. So I tell me a, what you think. I have a bunch of friends in it. Uh, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's just a beautiful film. It's so well done. I mean, Spielberg, of course, obviously mm -hmm. nailed it. Um, the way they fleshed out the characters. They, there was the a lot more story to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just loved it. And I've, I've met Mr. Chikiris, of course, you know, he's our Greek American hero <laughs> um, winning the Oscar. And there were a lot of Greeks, actually, Jerome Robbins dancers in the original movie. So my mother used to point them out. Um, uh, a brother and sister dance team um, that were sort of like oddly related to um their name is like escaping me right now and uh so that was always a big influence on me all of that stuff and um what, and so what, yeah I, so I I, I I i think there's parallels with sports and what i do i think like the teamwork and camaraderie and once i started doing like school plays and shows and just that process of like rehearsing the show and putting on a show like there was nothing in the world like that that feeling of you know being in it together and like putting on the show that that was just something I just knew that I always wanted to be do you um, remember when of. the light went on for you like what that first moment was when you were like yes that's it that's what I want yeah you know I watching my brother actually in West Side Story. Uh, yeah. Again, it's just that recurring theme. It just was always there. Um, he was a senior in high school, 17. So I was six. Right. That's a big difference. So we would watch the movie as kids. And I remember that. And then he now was playing uh, Bernardo. Oh, God, right? he was. Wow. And, yeah. And the school um, and, and the production is different than the movie. And I didn't know that where like, you know, there's the dream ballet and Bernardo comes back and he's killed in the rumble and um, the boys sing Officer Krupke after the rumble, which was like, and that was different than the movie and cool in the movie action sings it in, in the play riff sings it, you know? So it was just, I was like, I remember noticing that it's, like, that's different. Wait. Right. And then when they killed him in the, in the rumble, it felt real. Like I jumped out of my seat oh. and I was just like, that that's when I, I felt like that chill and you know circle um ahead to many years my freshman or sophomore year in high school the same director ah doing West Side Story for a summer play and I auditioned and that was like my first kind of uh what, my what first were kind you, of who show. are you well you know I'd always gotten singing roles in like chorus and in, in elementary school and did like you know, those kind of shows at school, um, you know, those like school edition shows, sure, uh, like Magellan. And <laughs> I was like, Magellan, there's a show about Magellan. 
And uh, yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> Somebody wants to know what high school you went to. Ramapo High School in Franklin Lakes, New Jersey. Yeah. There you so, go. Uh, and uh, so um, that was it. I, I went in there thinking I think I was hot stuff you know and <laughs> i i bombed in the audition i would get very nervous i had stage fright i would get very nervous because i had this high singing voice and um i was nervous that you know people would think i don't know like i was this is stupid you know back then you would want them to think i'm like a girl or something or whatever um so i got up there and i was like i'm gonna sing maria i'm singing a song <laughs> from the show and I'm gonna be Tony, watch. Well, I got in there and I was like, Marie, <clears throat> Marie. And he was like, I know your brother, don't I? And I was like, and he's like, well, first of all, I love your brother, Ethan, and thank you for coming in. And are you busy this summer? And I was like, not really, I don't know, you know? And he's like, well, I think he did great and I'm so happy you came in. And sure enough, they called me later that night and what he did was he put me in the ensemble, right? And he knew that there was something, I was just very nervous, of course. Mm -hmm. And he did the greatest thing anyone's ever done for me. You know, he, you know, kind of knocked me off whatever pedestal I thought I was on. Mm -hmm. I got nervous, I bombed, but he believed in me and he put me in the ensemble and I learned from the older kids watching from the back to the front and then, you know, by senior year, I had all the leads in every show and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so I think um, similar to sports, you know, you can learn from players around you. You know, sometimes we mix up the practices. They play with the boys. Um, it just it makes you better. And you Absolutely. start to learn that it's not just about being the lead in the show, but there's so many integral parts of of a show backstage, front of house you know, so many great jobs in the community across the board. So those, those, those were um, very important uh, moments for me, for sure. Humbling. And, and yes, I think we learn, I think we should always play with people better than us because that is how we yeah. learn. And I, absolutely. So was the first dream to do, was that the first dream to do theater? Like when did rock and roll start to kick in there? Yeah. Um, always loved rock and roll singing Bon Jovi songs like the tape and, you know in my room and like wailing those songs I'm like I can really sing these songs I know I can and, did you did you, you know, study Constantine did you study voice I didn't I didn't study voice proper uh properly and acting until I until I arrived at the Boston Conservatory many many years later Boston Conservatory at Berkeley College of Music I did mm -hmm. my BFA there musical theater, but um, I was a non-traditional student. When I graduated high school, yes, I had played, I started kind of doing musical theater, but also always, because it was always hard to find a singer to be in a band, right? Like there'd be a bunch of guys that could play guitar, bass, drums, <laughs> but no one could really sing, right? So I was like, I can sing. They're like, you're kind of a theater guy. And I'm like, give me that. And then I really learned how to sing in a band too. Really like at the same time, I had these parallel sort of things where I loved, all the classic rock and we got into the Grateful Dead and Fish and all those jam bands and the sort of psychedelic stuff and experimental music. And then I would be playing in the garage bands, you know, after school and then going to play practice and playing basketball and just doing a little of everything. I was kind of just always a middle of the road kid. I got to, 
I got along with everyone, the popular kids, the burnouts, uh, everyone in between. And after high school, you know, I didn't really focus on my, on my studies. I, I, I really should have. Um, and uh, unfortunately, I, um, you know, I, I feel like it just went, went right. I always did well, like in my, in my testing and stuff, but I never did the work. And that's why I'm so grateful, Malena. Like I was so, I was so um, motivated to, to make it a priority for her to, to take her, her reading and her, her schoolwork so seriously from early on, because I, you know, I come from a long line of like scholars and stuff. And I was the one that like, everyone went off to these fancy colleges and I was like, oh shit. Um, so I went to school locally. I mean, William Patterson was an amazing, you know, state school here um, with an incredible music department. So I did part-time classes in the music department there. And then I got like my equity card. I was going on auditions, playing in bands. Wait, wait, how did you get your equity card? What was your first gig um, to get that? Actually with Billy Porter um, in wow. like the late, late 90s, we did a production of um, Jesus Christ Superstar at the Helen Hayes Performing Arts Center in Nyack, New York. And it was like this full-blown Broadway production, very modern. You know, he was he was Jesus. He played Jesus like this Mandela figure. Like we said it in like this South African apartheid sort of um, vibe. Gordon Greenberg directed it. So many great people are, were in it. Emily Skinner and and uh, Drew Sarich and and so many people that I've stayed. Stephen Aremis who's like mm-hmm. world famous music supervisor. He that was like his first gig, like arranging that, like wow. At a, so only thereafter did I go to Boston. Um, I was like 22, I think, when I started. Kids were coming home from school. I had gone part time. I had worked. I played in bands. I had good life experience. I only, I only went away, and I did it in three years. But I. I only left at like 22, turning 23, something like that, you know? So I was very young, a young 22, 23, but I wasn't like super young. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's kids doing amazing things now by that age, for sure. Well, you, you had a lot of life experience going on. And I, and- I stress that, I stress that to kids, you know, young performers, you, you're, everyone's on their own path. Like, I think mm-hmm. if I had gone to Carnegie Mellon after, college and like study musical theater I graduated I was still 17 for like six months you know um well like five months and um I'm born at the end of September you know so it's like um I would have failed out I would have just (laughs) failed out of Carnegie Mellon like there's just no doubt I would have been like yeah party and all of a sudden it'd be like Thanksgiving and I'm like wait I just want to be in shows you know and they're like no yeah you have to do a lot of work here idiot so um and uh so I I I was on my path and and it worked for me it worked for me and did you have a plan okay I'm gonna be uh I'm gonna be on Broadway I'm gonna be a rock star I'm gonna I'm gonna be all of those like (laughs) what was the what was the what was the what was the dream then I did have a plan. Um, my brother always taught me, he was always an independent musician, an indie musician before, like indie rock was really a thing. Right. And he, he would always say like briefcase and the microphone, you know, <laughs> you, you have to be, you're, you're, 
your best manager. You're going to be the best agent for yourself. You have to create opportunities for yourself. So I, I always did have a plan. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Boston. They have a big agent showcase. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm going to knock it out in three years. I'm going to do classes at Berkeley. I'm going to I'm going to do professional work in Boston. I'm going to play in bands. I'm going to get the leads in all the shows. I'm going to showcase. I'm going to go to Williamstown after I finish and be an apprentice. I thought all this shit, you know, every summer I'm going to do something substantial. Like I'm going to do a big equity, like summer, uh, you know, stock thing. Every summer I'm going to do something cool. At one summer I did Gloucester Stage Company, which was very prestigious at the time. Israel Mm -hmm. Horovitz, famous Mm -hmm. playwright later got in weird trouble because he's i guess a pervert or something i don't know i I don't know anything about that but he is the father of one of the beastie boys what that's right that's right that's right yes yeah yeah adam horovitz that's his son um ad rock and uh so i worked there one summer and, and premiered a new play um i did um uh, where the hell else did I work? Um, the Seacoast Repertory Theater. I did stuff, and then I did Williamstown. You know, so um, so you're making money. You're you're. Are you able to make a living as an artist through this period? No, no. I did put myself through school. I took out loans, and I had saved a lot of money. I was like hustling and doing some some dumb stuff along did the way. Did you do day jobs? Did you have to do day jobs? Yeah, I always hustled. I mean, I've 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 always worked since I was like twelve years old. So I I worked. So like, what was some of your okay? Yeah, day jobs. Tell us. Yeah, well, from young age, um, from like twelve, thirteen, fourteen on up, I worked at a nursery, uh, garden center in town, um, selling Christmas trees, doing deliveries, you know, cleaning up, spreading mulch, you know, landscaping, selling plants, watering, whatever it was. I did a little of everything. I was a foreman by the end. You know, part. You know, when I, whenever I could come home and do work, I would go there, and they would pay me really well. Um, that taught me a lot, you know, about, um, I don't know, kind of hard work and you know, working using with my your hands. hands yeah. yeah, 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 for mm-hmm. sure. And uh, when I got to Boston, you know, I had a. I looking back, I wish I concentrated more, even more, on my work at school, and I tried. I spread myself out too much. I was working for this company with a bunch of the like cute boys from from Boco. We would uh, work for this company Masquerade and we would set up these like elaborate um, stages and sets and part and uh, parties for them and stuff. And, uh, you know, we have to like hang around with our tie and like hair and like, you know, just and like take them down afterwards. And, you know, so and I was playing with bands and chasing girls and and I was in every show I was like I'm gonna be I'm in student shows I'm in like I'm in main stage I'm in side stage I'm in the black box I'm doing everything I can any moment I can be on stage um and um and then um yeah you know I had a plan I'm gonna gonna showcase I'm gonna go to Williamstown I'm gonna be an apprentice and I'm gonna be in rent okay rent was still big real big at the time and that's what I'm gonna be and that's what I well um, senior year comes, the final year, and 9-11 happens. I lose my cousin. My whole year is jacked mm-hmm. up. I'm, you know, I'm uh, this girl and all of this. And so I don't showcase. I barely graduate. But I still get I get the apprenticeship at Williamstown. It's a big deal. Everyone, everyone was there. Everyone. Chris Pine wow. and I were apprentices. Wow. Um, the guy, J- Jeremy Strong, who just won the wow. Golden Globe. Succession, he was yeah. A, 
he was an apprentice with me. Wow. Like everyone was there. Christopher Reeve was still around. Wow. You know, he, he had had his accident and he was a mm. big Williamstown guy. Met Robert Redford and, and um, Paul Newman and like all these amazing wow. people. Met Michael Greif there, who's the wow. director of Rent. Mm-hmm. Um, we directed Rent and Dear Evan Hansen and like everything cool. And he saw me in a showcase there and he cast me uh, later on in, in Rent. And so, so all fantastic. of this, so I kind of put that secret mm-hmm. thing out there and it kind of all happened. I didn't get the agent right away. I didn't graduate in 9-11, all these things happened, but I did put like a five-year plan into place. And, you know, I had my band uh, thereafter and Rent. And then I'm on Rent tour, I'm living the life. I'm in Tokyo, I'm all over the world. I'm in a band. And then they're like, great job. You're, we're not renewing your contract. So you have to go home now. And I was like, and it just all came crashing down. Right. And that's when um, I just said, okay, I got to go back home and, and, and pick up the pieces back to New York, um, focused on the band a bit. And then I, you know, right around the exact same time, this girl's like, let's go audition for American Idol. So it's you know, so weird that that stuff happened okay so now was this the girl that worked at woodlock in in the poconos okay because <laughs> i you, because no, I, she you know, and i did an audition together but she was the one that i toured and rent with and we were like we had this psycho psycho love together and uh, i still i still love her very much leslie leslie diamond uh, we've lost touch but she's she married another guy she's got beautiful children and um yeah she she was at woodlock um, but not her, an old, old girlfriend from before all of that was like, let's go audition for this TV show. And I, I didn't even know what Idol was because I had heard of it, but I was on like rent tour. I was at Boston. We didn't use the internet like that. Like we weren't like, oh, let me just look up this performance. Like I was working like, and if you missed it, you missed it. So they had three seasons just kind of flew by and I right. never saw one one frame of it you know i knew who clearly clarkson was and like you heard the names guarini ruben clay fantasia diana DeGarmo, whatever it was all these names at the time the divas which was always so (laughs) racist i thought like jennifer hudson and the girls and i was like oh so the black girls are like the divas okay cool that's weird um but jennifer uh incredible i've gotten to meet her ever since and yeah, I just kind of approached it like I needed a job, you know, I needed a gig. So cool. I got there. They're like, what's your story? Camera on me right away. Like, what are you, who are you? And they had up the age. Cause I was a little older. I was like 28 at this time by now. Had, what was yeah. it before that? It was like 24 or 25. So, you know, i finished Boco at like 25, 26. I do like two years of rent, you know, and then, and then, did you I'm know like David 20... Mellish, David, the guitar player from Rent? Was he on the tour with you then? He's done it for a million years. Guitar yeah, player, very I, long. I hair. know who that guy is, but mm-hmm. no, I um, mm. he was not on our tour. No, okay. no. So, um, so yeah. Okay, so so you hear about the audition. Your girlfriend tells you about the audition. Does she make it? No. 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 <laughs> And does that impact your relationship because you did? We weren't really like together. She was like an old girlfriend. We had, we were cool. Um, Mm -hmm. But it did, it did sort of like, we didn't speak for a long time. I was like, I I don't know. I got to go do this thing. Like, I don't even know. So 
you know, but I, I knew enough where I was an actor. Mm-hmm. I knew that what I, what I did know about it is, okay, I'm here. I look different than everyone. I'm in a leather jacket. I'm in like, you know, Doc Martens. <laughs> I have my hair was like kind of grungy with the rent highlights still in it. And they were like, right away, camera, like your name, what's your name? Constantine, your name is not Constantine. I was like, yeah, my name is Constantine. And they're like, what is your story? And they're like, are you in a band? I'm like, yeah, I'm in a band. Uh, do they know you're here? Like, are you going to quit the band? If okay, you that was American a big Idol? scandal that you so that was my told- story. They hadn't told you hadn't told your band. I remember that was part of your audition. So it was a big deal. So what happened when they found out that about this whole thing? It's showbiz. It's just all showbiz, you know, so um, it's not show friends. It's showbiz. Yeah. So it didn't (laughs) go over so well. it, it didn't, but it was still great. It was great. Like they made drama, Hambusi's like throwing drums, you know, <laughs> Nigel's there with Seacrest. They, they crashed my Brooklyn studio on Williamsburg. This is like before anyone's in Williamsburg. You know, right. it's like us and like all Hasidics. And, uh, <laughs> and like, back in my studio, they're like, Constantine's gonna be on American Idol and he's leaving the band. And I was like, yep. And, but it ended up being huge. In fact, I, the guys like put out a record of like our demos, Pray for the Soul of Betty. I had it right here happening. And, um, and, and, and it just was a cool thing. Like I did, I, I was loyal to them. I did a tour with them. You know, I didn't need to do any of that. And I did. And, you know, um, it was a great time. It was just wild. And of course I had to focus on my path, but the more famous and the more farther along I got and the more, you know, credible things I would do would only help elevate them as well. And of course, um, I think if we ever got to really sit down and work at being a band and writing, we could have been pretty good. (laughs) So, um, but certainly that was, um, that was when the actor kicked in and that was part of my story, you know, because otherwise I'm, if I'm just John Smith from New Jersey, who's like, they didn't even like, they, they knew I was in rent. That was a big effing deal. They never talked about it. It was me being in the band from Brooklyn, being the bad right. boy. That was cool, you know, for right. them. And I left my band and they pitted, <laughs> pitted me and Bo and Carrie. And like, that's what, that's what was available to them. Me being like an actual credible actor who was in like a Pulitzer Prize winning Tony winning musical like the <laughs> Hamilton the Hamilton of the time that was like not as cool that's really interesting and now that you say it I don't think I knew back then that you were an actor yeah, I think I only yeah. knew that band part of the story so okay so you go to audition for American Idol you go with your friend you both audition now I met your friend Leslie when you had already that you already knew you were going to Hollywood, but she wasn't allowed to say, but she, right, just, yeah. she just gave us a lot of winks. So we knew you were ending up, we knew you were going to be on the show, but so when you find out you're going to Hollywood. Oh, did I had that to mean, keep it. Did it mean anything and, to you because you didn't watch course. the show, but you know, I knew, well, again, mm-hmm. so, okay. Competitive athlete, all of this shit kicks right. in. She's my friend. All of this kicks in. You know, like you, okay, now I'm here. Now I'm here. I want to win. Now, whatever this is, I'm here to play. You know, mm-hmm. let's go. Give me the ball. Give me the rock. And um, 
So remember back then it like it was otherworldly huge. I mean, 20,000 something people just came to our audition in DC. I took, everyone's wow. heard this, all my fans, like the, the $10 Chinatown bus down there. We like camped out. Um, we cut the whole line. They gave us a bracelet. So we, we like, <laughs> we, were, we were like insured a, 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 an audition and they moved 20,000 people through there. Like never seen so I was like okay what am I going to sing what am I going to sing so I, I went back to a song that I did at Boston Conservatory as a scene um in the pop rock unit which of course was like my going to be my strength right but I connected like the lyric I had like a like it had like a story and I always loved this song because it was kind of written in a 50s kind of style where it was like it had like that arpeggio kind of opening and it was crying by Aerosmith. There was a time when I was so broken hearted. Love wasn't much of a friend of mine. You know that the tables and, have and turned. You, and it's like a story. It's like, oh, and you had to do story. it that way. You had to do it a cappella, yeah? A cappella. And uh, I knew I had a good cut because once, so ideally you want a little verse, a little pre chorus, and a big chorus out, right? So you get, you basically, it's like, 16 bars to 32 bars you want to make your impression i knew that going back to school going back to audition i needed a job that's what it was so by the time i got to simon and all them it was insane there was all these tv lights they i they all it was they were so surreal like they looked like like Asian versions of themselves they had so much makeup on and stuff and mark mcgrath who's since become a dear friend of mine he was a special guest from sugar ray right it was really four judges paula randy simon and mark mcgrath and you know i was a little nervous but i had already been in for like it's tv magic like the producers had already seen me you know they already knew they were putting me through man oh like, really Oh, I don't know. I mean, I would. You're think, telling like, me it's all a fix when they're sitting there, like who's going to vote yes? Oh, oh, oh. I don't. Okay. I don't know. Uh, you said that. I didn't say that. But I think that, like, they had a hunch. Like, okay, we like this guy. We like the story. We like where this can go. Remember, you're casting a show. Right. You're casting a show. You sure. need one of this, one of this. Sprinkle in a little of that. One of these. One of her. One of it. One of them. You know. And, uh, but how about Simon? I mean, because Simon was the only one who went against you at that audition. Do you think just, that was just, part of the thing? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, uh, he's like, I just, I just get the feeling I wouldn't want to be your neighbor. And I'm like, what does that mean? You think I'm going to burn your house down like party animal? <laughs> like, I never even understood what that meant. Like, I'd be like playing in bands and I'd be like cranking it up and you'd be complaining, like that kind of thing. They were really making the character. Remember, right. and then what the premiere episode they spent like 20 minutes on my whole story then there was this kid the greek boy from jersey the theater kid on the band and seacrest and then they show the band and then i, I mean no one got that facetime that was insane and did, you, did your constantine did your life change right then did as soon yeah. as idol started to air did your life change oh i imagine God. it did Okay, so, so remember, so. okay, back in the day, back in the day, they really stretched it all out. Like the week right. I auditioned, I did get to see Simon, Paula, and Randy that week. A few days later, I had to like stay in DC. They got me a hotel. 
and um, Hollywood week happened. Um, so basically I knew I had the golden ticket, right? So I couldn't tell anyone that. For how long? Oh, weeks. And then I finally hear from them, you're going to Hollywood and there's like, you know, 200 kids going to Hollywood. And I remember being like on a plane with another kid and he, we were like trying to figure out the math, like who would make it, <laughs> who's Jeff, you know, like it was just so dumb. Um, so then I go and do Hollywood week, which was mm -hmm. really intense. Mm -hmm. And even thereafter, I think they cut it to like the top 25. I couldn't say anything and it hadn't aired yet. So right. the auditions, I had come back to New York to my apartment auditions start to air my audition airs and then there's still weeks of auditions so my audition airs there's all this time between the audition and when hollywood week starts to air and i'm really famous at this point like i'm walking around new york city and people are like holy shit like after one audition wow my audition it was wow. that's 30 million people a night were watching it then it was wow. insane so, uh, and then when Hollywood aired and I came back home, forget about it. It was just crazy. It, it's not like, I mean, certain, every day people recognize me, but there's nothing like that. That was like you were a backstreet boy walking around Manhattan. I mean, <laughs> and I'm from around here. Like, you don't like sit around, like walking around like Vinnie Barbarino. Like, hey, you know, look at me. Everybody, I'm in a full leather costume, you know, I don't walk around like that. So you just kind of like walk around, like don't look the monkey in the eye, right? Someone taught me that real early, mm -hmm. but it didn't matter. People were like, dude, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> so it was just nuts. It was nuts. It was nuts. Wow. And, okay. Uh, okay, so now, yeah. so Hollywood, so then I imagine when you get to the live shows that it's totally off the rails. I mean, I can't even imagine <laughs> what it's like. It was crazy. And, you know, I just, it, it, the show was still like new and they just, they wouldn't let me be me a lot of the time as far as choices, like a lot. Of, okay. I, I shouldn't say that. Even though it was the fourth season and like, I mean, Nigel and Ken Warwick, they were like picking out what kind of Rolls Royces they were going to get. Cause the numbers were just crazy. Right. It was, it was nuts. Right. But it hadn't caught up with like the music industry in that, like, the Bon Jovi's, the pop stars, they were like, I, I don't know if I want to give them my song to sing, you know? They didn't realize the digital thing was still new. Like if I do a Bon Jovi song, even if I'm Sanjaya and I suck at it um, <laughs> or whatever, sorry, Sanjaya, I'm just no. meaning like- Yeah, it's okay. It would still spike my catalog, right? right it would still right. be big for the- No one really got that yet. I did Bohemian Rhapsody and the digital album like went up the charts again and you know we hadn't even caught up like now like they'll put out the single at the same time like it, there was so much catching up catching up catching up so like every time I wanted to do like this song or I wanted to do Journey or I wanted to do uh you know uh, these big epic you know, power right. rock opera type songs. They were like, huh? yeah, no, that's not on the cleared list. Oh. So no one ever thought Bohemian Rhapsody would be done. It was on the cleared list. And I was like, well, I have this arrangement. And they're like, oh my God, this might just work. And sure enough, it did. 
That was a life changer. No. Yeah. Like looking back, I wasn't as, I wasn't that good on the show. Like I, I was more of a character and then I had everything leading up into that moment. Um, but it was always hard to like hear yourself. Like you get like one rehearsal with the band, you're doing like Coke commercials. They're pimping you out everywhere. You're not sleeping. You're I'm partying. I'm going out every night in Hollywood. Like there was no TMZ then. I was like hanging out with Leonardo and like everybody. It was nuts. Like, I'm from New York. I'm like, I know people in LA. Like they got me right into the right clubs. It was crazy. So, and I'm like 29, 28, whatever, jumping out the window of the apartment. They were, you know, and like girls are picking me up. It was stupid, but <laughs> sorry, Milena. She's like, what are you talking about? Uh, so, so, yeah, so it was a good after time. you do Bohemian Rhapsody, it's like, now you're Paula stands up and says you're the one to beat. <laughs> Simon yeah. eats humble pie and says astonishing. I mean, <laughs> did did things shift for? I mean, ugh. oh yeah, the whole world shifted. It was just like you can feel everything shift there. You felt it, and the calls were coming in for you know like Kelsey Grammer's company. Um, you know, wanted to do a TV show with me. The Rock of Ages people, they had the early inception of the show oh. kicking around. They wanted me like this Broadway show, that Broadway show, this TV show, like all of those things. I was still on the show, so I was locked up. Um, and then I just free-falled off the show one week in like the top six. I was never in the bottom three. You know, I came out and said something last year that all these news outlets picked up that like, there's no way that I received, you know, lower votes than this one or that one, blah, 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 except for Carrie. Um, but, you know, and I think I, and I've waved the idol flag like no one has. Like, I've been the biggest advocate. I've done, I've coached kids. They've, right. I've mentored on the show, you know, all of this. Um, and I think I might have, I don't know, finally pissed someone off, but I don't know. But it just kind of came out and, and you know, whatever. I, what I said was, it was great TV. If I had like finished second to carry or something like BFD, that was me free falling off the show and people being like, no, <laughs> that was way cooler than like getting my ass kicked by Carrie in the finale. I mean, she's like insane, you know, otherworldly. But for me, it, the underdog thing played well when I developed Rock of Ages and, the, you know, all of that, like, kind of underdog role was was huge for me well that song the Nickelback song that you ended up doing you know was that, that... wasn't supposed to be the song I was I okay was so what happened that's what I've heard so what what was the deal with that you yeah. too I was supposed to do beautiful day it's a beautiful day and I had the whole with the lights touch me take me to that other place and it was going to be like you know and if you're down now you know like the whole like like Ooh. the iPhone commercial you know with like the thing <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be sick. They pulled the rights like days before. So yeah. I had to pick another song that was, because it was like songs that were in the charts. They were like brand, and like U2 is like, nope. And uh, wow. So Nickelback, I didn't even, I was like, this is a rock song. I'll do this, fine. And it turned out, it was actually, I was kind of like, whatever, I'll be fine, you know? And it actually was a hard song in that. It's got these inter intervals like I've been wrong, I've been down, got to the bottom of every battle. Like there's some intricate little melody stuff. And I was like, eh, 
Um, and I just think maybe people were like, okay, either people were like, ah, he's fine. The Greeks are all like, oh, it was, it was Holy Week. That's why we were in church. Nobody voted for you because we were in church. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And um, it was just good TV, man. It was just good TV. I met you the next day because the idle person that got booted off always went on Leno the next day. And my husband was writing for the tonight show and my kids and I right. went to the green room and you were lovely. And <laughs> we got to meet you and it, uh, it didn't, it didn't hurt you. It didn't, six didn't matter because there have been <laughs> idle winners that haven't gone on to the career that you've had. Well, you know, I thank you, but I've always, I've always prided myself on, um, like I was never going to be like some pop star, like, uh -huh, you know, <laughs> bye, bye, bye. You know, that wasn't going to happen. So I wanted to turn the opportunity into something and I wanted to create longevity and a long, slow burn, you know, and now, I mean, we're, we're talking 16 years later. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, I developed a TV show with Kelsey Grammer, ABC buys it. I'm at CAA is representing me. I'm, I'm getting, I'm going in for movies. Like it was all happening so fast. I got like fat, you know, I'd never eaten and drank so well in my life. Um, you know, the rock of ages thing slowly developed and that sort of became my Jesus take the wheel, you know, and obviously really seeing that become a global brand now, you know, over a dozen years later, you know, um, getting a Tony nomination. I mean, Jesus, come on. That was cool. That was cool. So, you know, and I met my daughter's mom on the show and I, you know, I wouldn't have her without that. So, um, she really changed my life. And, you know, my, uh, my father passed and, you know, he got to, he got to meet, uh, Milena, you know, she was like in her twos, you know, when he passed. So, but mm. she was always like right there, like, you know, taking care of him and all of this. Aww. So like, at least he got to know that there was a grandchild that would live on his Aww. name, at least out in the yeah, universe. So, so good things. And, 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 it, you know, the hustle is always continuing. Like now it's come even full circle where we're, you know, in talks to open a performing arts studio, you know, a really significant one out here in the Burbs. And, you wow. know, I have a new, a new Broadway show I'm working on. And I'm, I think I finally typed out all these years later of like the Constantine thing. And I'm getting real like looks um, at film and TV that are not just like young rocker, singer, tenor, you know, um, I've done a few great indie films and, um, you know, for me, um, getting to put out, um, an original album over the pandemic was a huge, I love try by the way, oh, I, thank you. I've thank been you. listening to it a lot. I love it. It's, it's wonderful. How did you, well, you. how did you record, how did you do all of that during uh, the pandemic? It was hard. It was really hard. Were you all in um, separate? Were you able to come together? What did you do? Um, a little of everything, a little of that, a little of me, um, going to Ohio and just being safe and driving out there. Um, hey Monet is this great um, uh, brother, two brothers, Nate and Dan Monet. Uh, they're great singer songwriters. They're in a band and they have a great studio, Little C in Canton, Ohio. And uh, they're on my, my label, um, this indie label, I'm on Noble Steed. 
and they're managed by my manager as well. So I just went up there and like locked ourselves in the studio and we just got it done. I did some stuff remotely. I did some stuff with um, static um, at, at the noise room locally. I had um, also put out a couple of the songs as singles mm -hmm. in the couple of years before those made the album. Um, and it's, it's a sort of boutique, um, small album. And, uh, we already have like half the next record too. I hadn't put out a record in like a decade. So that was really fun. And uh, I love these songs there. I wrote them all, um, or co-wrote them all. And sort of my love letter to uh, rock and roll, you know, for sure. Until I'm wanted is the name of the album. So it's, uh, still okay. a CD you can so yeah, we'll, until you, I'm wanted. You'll you'll send me a link so that people can order. Oh, yeah. Is there a way they can order it and have you sign it? Oh yeah. Uh yeah. Uh, well, I we used to sell hard copies through the uh, through the website constantinemarulis.com. Okay. Right there, it's all on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. It's on every streaming service uh, that you can get your hands on. So okay, but we sure. want I mean, you to we want you to benefit from it. And I know a lot of those streaming services you get upkiss. <laughs> so what's the best way for them to well? To like buy this it? weekend, I'll be um, at the Carteret Performing Arts Center. Beautiful. Uh, theater they built uh down in new jersey i'll be there with broadway's rock of ages band like the original band from broadway myself joel hoekstra from white snake tommy kessler from blondie we're getting together and doing all the big rock of ages hits um in a slam in like rock and roll show this saturday night the 15th carteret performing arts center i'll be there i usually meet and greet in the lobby and we sell hard copies of my album well there. how is that working with with the pandemic and everything do they still let you meet and greet and do that stuff look i mean it's it just dependent on the um on the on the venue on the venue mm -hmm. uh we're well very well sold for the event um um everyone i believe has to be vaccinated i'm not exactly sure i know i am i know everyone in the band is um i i wear like a mask out in in front and i stay behind the merch booth and i take pictures and i sign stuff and Look, I think for me, sorry. Uh oh, we lost um, your video. There you I'm go. here. I'm here. Uh, for me, uh, I just, you know, I feel safe. I feel good. I feel like I take the precautions I need to. Um, I'm boosted. I feel good. I've had COVID, um, and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get back to work. I gotta, I gotta live. This is what I do. It's when you meet really and greet, are you next to fans, like unmasked and like taking pictures and stuff? You do all that, and you not you feel not okay? quite that. Like I'm, I'm, I usually keep my mask on, and I'll do like a selfie, um, with their thing, and I'll sign. I'm not like hugging and kissing on everybody, and uh, there's a little distance between us, and um, generally people are masked, and uh, I just I feel. Uh, I feel safe, you know, I believe I trust the science and, you know, I need to, uh, I need to work, you know, so. I, I understand. D as long as they're, as long as they're, as long as they're hoping, having the show, I'm there to do my part. And um, as long as I can meet the fans and it's allowed, I, I'll do so. Um, but, you know, look, the, um, the hard albums are, you know, sort of, a, you know, a thing of the past now. Um, and it yeah. is what it is. And, you know, um, but I, I love for people to support the album um, on streaming as well. And uh, you can see, I think all my records are there, everything from Rock of Ages to my first album to, you know, other Broadway stuff. And it's usually, I don't know if the Pray for the Soul of Betty stuff, I'm hoping to, to corral into my Spotify list, um, but 
that's um, been hard for some reason. I'm not sure why. I would like to go back in and re-record all the vocals on that record. Um, and maybe I'll do that someday. So is there anything you can tell us about the Broadway show that you kind of are, are cooking? So I am going into um, a workshop presentation of a new show. Um, I won't tell you the name of it, but okay. it's um, very exciting. I'm really excited about the director. And uh, it's sort of about the birth of rock and roll, you know, so nice. it's not so much. Yeah, it's about like the inception about um, black artists not getting played on the radio early on. Um, white artists re-recording their songs and having those songs played on the radio the sort of birth of like the civil rights movement coming out of that um i play a significant figure in that scene so you get to hear chuck berry little richard all these great songs um and woven into it is original musical theater score as well and nice. um it's not a cookie cutter sort of um you know bio musical i don't mm -hmm. know if they've come up with a right word for that like let's say um like and i enjoy them um let, there's a lot of them out there i, I won't write them but you, you know what i'm saying yes like these famous yes. people yeah you know, x y and z there's been a bunch of them mm -hmm. um there's also been shows like of course rock of ages you know where we take existing songs and we create a completely new story using the lyrics in a unique way right um there's then there's song there's then there's like american idiot um, using Green Day songs, telling a different story, or there's, or uh, Jagged Little Pill, completely mm -hmm. different as well, using that. Or there's Tina Turner, basically mm -hmm. telling the story of Tina Turner, right? Right. This is sort of a combination of all those things, you know, and uh, really excited. I love that era of the 50s, and uh, I'm excited. I think it's got a lot of potential, and we'll see. You know, we'll see. So we'll go into like a four week uh, workshop on it where we'll just open up the play, dig in and stage numbers and work scenes and put up some some pieces of the show, have feedback, you know, really just a creative time. And um, that's what I love more than anything, like being in the room, being at the table in the room where it happens, up, in the room where it happens, just like and like opening up the script notes talking about scenes talking about character development talking about the arch i've produced some shows now too i, I was gonna I was say there. are you going in as a producer with this as well i think i think eventually you know i'm certainly acting like one of the producers <laughs> right now and i think in 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 uh if if not in name um by you know just actions um in time we'll we'll sort that out but how right did now, you become a producer with uh with spring awakening which the the Deaf yeah. West production of that changed my daughter's life. I, I told you last time she she start, started learning um, how to sign and she got into Tish. Her audition was based on that, and she graduated Tish in three years. She followed you. She's following your path. So wow. so I how did that. you get into that? Monica Rosenthal, one of the producers of Spring Awakening. How did you get into the producing end of that? How did you get involved with that? I just, you know, I, I, I was, I remember seeing the original on Broadway, I think the second or third night it was open and just being blown away by all the actors and like the microphones. And I read the Vedicans play in, in drama school and I love the Springs Awakening. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, I just, just all the artistry, uh, 
you know, um, uh, um, everyone. Uh, I just, so, so I was always interested. Michael Arden and I go back to Williamstown together. Um, someone approached me about it, you know, Ken Davenport and uh, his partners. And, um, and I had, I had investors interested and I knew how to raise a lot of money. So basically that's, that's how it happened. You know, I, I've always had a knack for putting amazing people together and having it not be about me as well. Mm -hmm. I like when it's about me and my work <laughs> and giving, but it's, it's even cooler to kind of be behind the scenes and like mm -hmm. see, see other things like that happening. I loved being a part of the marketing meetings and I getting the, the, um, the show reports and, and, and watching that show really um, succeed. And um, have you married the two yet? Have you produced and starred in something yet? Not on Broadway, not on Broadway. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping this next one could be, could be that. Um, but um, I've produced some, you know, some other events and uh, some TV things and, uh, you know, but not a Broadway show that I've starred in. So we'll see, we'll see. I love it. But, uh, yeah. I, I'm going to stay true to the time that I promised, but I have one. Okay. That's okay. So I'm watching like Foreigner's Journey's a thing now, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so tell us about that. So, yeah, I mean, coming out of this pandemic, you know, even though I had the album, it was going to be hard to just book a bunch of Constantine like solo shows with my band. And, you know, I, I seem to have still so much interest out there for me performing the material of the Rock of Ages era. And I right. just, we're just so synonymous, you know, me and that stuff. And I've toured with Steven Adler of Guns N' Roses and like all these great, you know, 80s people I've performed with. It was just simple math for me to put this show together, Foreigner's Journey, which definitely is rooted in the catalogs of Foreigner and Journey. But we do a lot of other stuff. We do Rock of mm. Ages stuff. And it's a great all-star band um, out of Boston. And we're playing constantly. We have we played big theaters. We just played uh, the Levoy in Millville, New Jersey. You know, with me, we're starting to break into the New York, New Jersey area. Um, I'll be with the Rock of Ages band this Saturday night, the 15th, uh, at the Carteret Performing Arts Center. Um, but the end of the month, I'm in Lowell, Massachusetts, and then I'm in Plymouth, Massachusetts. So everything is at ConstantineMaroulis.com or Foreigners, ForeignersJourney.com. Now, it's only the real Foreigners Journey if it's with me, because there's a lot of imposters out there, apparently. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's like uh, apparently uh, everyone's like, yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, so um, and look, it's a big tribute show. It's a big classic rock experience, but it's got a lot of heart. I tell the stories that how the songs came together with Rock of Ages. I bring out guests. Um, we have um, dancers. You know, it's it's a pretty incredible show. So um, we have a lot of shows coming up, but I'll be doing solo shows, too. And getting back to acting and, and teaching and uh, being a soccer dad. Milena, come here. Come say hello. I want to see this beautiful girl. And I she love her. Here, put this on. Put this one. She's like, oh, I'm not camera ready. Yeah. <laughs> here comes Hi, here. Milena. Hi. Can you hear it? She's got her Long Beach Island shirt on. It's good to meet you, Milena. I'm Vicky. Nice to meet you. You're so beautiful. I see you on Facebook. Your dad is so proud of you and he loves you so much, which is, which you know, but us on, those of us on Facebook get to watch it and watch you two together. And it's a beautiful thing. 
Thank you. Do we look we look alike? Look so alike much. <laughs> she's, she's prettier though, but she is. Yeah. Yeah. Probably because of the hair, right? Yeah. Well, the hair is. Maybe if you didn't have long hair. <laughs> maybe, maybe. No, very, yeah. very much alike. How's school? Are you happy to be back at school? Yes. Last year, obviously. So um, when COVID first started, I was in third grade, and we halfway through. Yeah. Yeah, halfway mm -hmm. through. But just for those last few months, he was basically my teacher because we would just log on to virtual school. My teacher, my third grade teacher, would say, "Okay, here's your assignment for the day," and we would just log off and do it by ourselves. So school would, especially in the beginning, it was yeah. it would be like that. It was you know they they were just like we don't know how to do this yet, you know, yeah. and then they but they they really figured it out on on the fly, you know. Yeah, and so we just were like trying to figure out how to do it because we were the ones who had to actually teach our teach ourselves and school practically ended at like 11 o'clock but wow um, in the very beginning if yeah, you remember the then they would leave like independent study time and then they would log back on and then at one point they came back to school, but then they would log back on in the afternoon at home. Yeah. It was a hybrid sort of situation. And then basically going back to now start of fourth grade, you started in person. Yeah, so fourth grade um, last year in May, mm -hmm. we went back full time because last year we were like on and off. So let's say someone in my class got exposure, got a positive test, that means we went virtual. So yeah. we were virtual on and off like a lot. So when we went virtual, we still had half a day. So we ended school at one o'clock, had an hour break for lunch and came back on at like two o'clock for special. So we would either have like art, music. Mm -hmm. And then she would have sports and still dance and some some of it was remote. But so it's been it's been hard on these kids, but honestly, She's got the top math average in a very. I'm listening to this articulation going on <laughs> over here. I'm like, wait, wait, she's how reading old are book you? after book, and uh, thank gosh, and uh, she just turned 11. She just turned 11 uh, wow. Christmas Eve. So gorgeous. Um, how was is it? Was it hard to not be able to play with friends? And like, were you able to do that? How did you do it? Did you do like FaceTime play dates and stuff? What'd you do? Yeah, it was hard at first because we were completely isolated from each other. And obviously mm. we, were, we were all like, oh my gosh, what is this? And we didn't know. And my mother is a big part of her life as well. So we had to try to keep her safe. She's, you know, an mm. elderly woman. She's doing mm. great, but she, you know, so we were nervous about that. And of course. Uh, we kept a very, very small little, uh, little bubble. circle so yeah a mm -hmm. little bubble yeah little bubble um, but you know we've navigated that i think these kids have really grown a great deal um she doesn't they wear masks at school doesn't bother them you know um it's it's just what we have to do right now it's, do you, you know, feel you know, like you missed anything by not having the full experience last year yes because oh i'm coming back sorry it's just a little better okay it's still there um, okay, we're going to go in a sec. I know you're going to, okay. we're going to lose you. Year, the, we didn't get to do like chorus and band in fourth grade, but now 
a lot of the fourth graders get to have more opportunities because they're not going virtual, but we were virtual. So, yeah. And they'll be able to do like the real show next year when they're in fifth grade, but you know. And we used to travel into the city uh, to do um, dance as well. And that has not been a big as, a, a, as big a part of her life. Now they're getting back to in-person a little bit on that. And believe it or not, um, we don't talk about this a lot, but now the world knows. I mean, she, um, you know, she's an actor and she gets, um, you know, audition things that we have to put together sometimes. It's not a big focus. It's not like a true passion. She's, she happens to be really good at it. And so when opportunities come in, we take a look, we put some things on tape. She's done some things. Nice. Know, um, and yeah, so it, that's kind of fun too. But again, it just kind of happened. Like I didn't have to chase uh, an agent down and mm -hmm. be a stage dad or her mom be a stage mom about it just kind of organically happened so as opportunities come in we take a look no big deal but she's focused on school and sports right yeah. <laughs> she's going to Yale I love oh, I love that I believe no it pressure. no, no I, can, I, I get that vibe <laughs> I yeah anyway but I have uh, did you did I, you see the tender bar by the way the, the Ben Affleck movie. Yeah. Well, it's all about the, other the mom night. saying my son's going to go to Yale, yeah. and he went yeah. to. That's Yale. why it kind of was fresh in my mind. But I do, I do say that. And um, what's interesting is I work at the North Shore Music Theater. In fact, Foreigner's Journey is going to be back there, um, coming up in the next couple of months. An amazing theater on the North Shore of Boston, and apparently they shot some things there. Oh yeah, because um, I saw pictures on the North Shore website, but I didn't see shot in the. <clears throat> movie maybe they cut that out if they use the theater oh. but you never know what they use in them and but right. i didn't i i have to ask but they had pictures of ben affleck there and stuff and the movie was good there, there's been so, there's so much great stuff right now like i just binged money heist which was one of the most fascinating series i've ever seen five seasons wow. in in spanish um i love watching um with subtitles um that was an incredible series money heist blown away undercover um which is like in salud what's thank in, you what's undercover i don't even oh know my about God. this that's in flemish actually um but it's like a, the breaking bad of and wow Amsterdam. And, and but it was like undercover cops and they have like a prequel movie called ferry which I'm is about like their down. tony soprano kind of character um those were amazing i saw the tragedy of Macbeth last night. I thought that was fucking, um, excuse me, it was just amazing. Um, 105 minute edit by Joel Cohen and Denzel was unbelievable. Everybody was. There's so much great content and great stuff out there right now. And we're rooting for Amy. Don't tell me what happened. We, we taped Jeopardy. We're excited for Amy um, <laughs> on Jeopardy. And uh, we watch Jeopardy every night. When she was a baby, she used to think Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune were were the same show that I thought because the, the two hosts look very alike to me. Well, and also like it happens it comes on like after so like when she was right a kid after. it was like okay now it's the wheel of fortune portion of the show <laughs> um and so uh we love to watch sense. together it, it made sense but uh at least in New Jersey and New York they play them at seven and seven thirty so I, I love this thing happening between the two of you. It's lovely to watch. It's lovely. And she's on. She's on Etsy. She's she makes um, arts and crafts and and stuff. So you can look for Milena Makes. 
Malena, M-A-L-E-N-A, makes, M-A-K-E-S, and all of her cool arts and crafts. And she sells like thousands of dollars of like bracelets and pot holders and like bookmarks so and stuff like that. Things, bracelets, pot holders, and bookmarks. Yeah, so buy I one. love it. Well, you know, I'm into the bling, so I'm going to have yeah, to go check bling, it bling. out. As a matter of fact, Constantine, I have to tell you, my friend Crystal goes to church with your friend, Calandra, Olivia. Oh, okay. And yes. Oh, oh, out in, on the West Coast. And yes, and she, she just uh, got engaged. Crystal, oh, sweet. Crystal makes my feather earrings, and I guess she makes them for Calandra too. So putting in a plug for her. Um, anyway, I know you're- well, You you're always so, look amazing. And I can, oh. that picture you posted of us, we were, we were like just little babies then, but we still look pretty good. Not bad, 16 years Not later. Bad. Not, Not bad. bad. I, I still have that Duarte shirt too. <laughs> I keep everything. You oh, should see yeah. my house. It's like, uh, I'm like a American picker. I remember I got him like toys, like, I don't know, five years ago. He still has a box. Oh, I don't take the box. She buys, I, they don't come out of the box. They stay in the box. Stay in the box. Yeah. But I don't want to lose you because of my phone. Okay. Um, but everything and anything com at Constantine Maroulis on Instagram, Constantine M on Twitter, Constantine M official on the Facebook. Keep the conversation going. Lots of fun shows coming up. And hopefully I can tell you more in the near future about the Broadway thing. Looking and hopefully they seem optimistic that we might open uh, this year. So uh, in a I full, love you know, full out production. So I look forward and to hearing more. Hard. And Thank I'll you, put the, the link for you um, in the, the liner notes. It, Melina, it was wonderful to meet you. Enjoy the rest of the school year. I'm excited that you're getting to go to classes with people and yeah. playing sports and stuff. Constantine, I- Thank you. It's, it's always a pleasure to see you. Well, and, actually, and you this is well. the first time. We're like, last time we were on the radio. I'm looking at face you Face to time. face. I know, here we are. But it feels here like, you know, just yesterday I saw you last, so. There you yeah, go. even if you go to the website and you go to the music stuff, you can post that link right there. It's got the whole link tree of- I will. You know, all the streaming and, and all that, so um, enjoy. I will get that in there. Take care, you guys. Have a wonderful night. I know it's evening there. Thanks so much Thank for you. Happy this. New Year, everyone. Be yeah. safe. We love you. And uh, hope to see you at a show real soon. Take care. Thank, Thank you so much. Bye-bye.